to bring the church world and the art world a little bit closer together. Uh, My name is Matt Anderson. Glad you can join us today. Um, My guest today, yes, I have a guest. Uh, He is a musician. He's a worship leader. He's a songwriter, which we'll be dealing a lot with today. He's a producer. He's a pastor. He's an author. He's a raconteur and man about town, as they used to say in the old game shows, but he does it all. He does it all in the creative world. He is also married with five kids, and I am absolutely exhausted after reading that biography. But I'm exhausted after hearing it. <laughs> he is also one of my dear friends, Jordan Beal. Welcome to the Cast. Hello, everybody. I'm so glad to be here, Matt. Hey, thanks so much for doing this. Uh, what we're going to do today is I, I, I want to talk about, because you're a very gifted songwriter, and... Um, it has been something that even in the midst of, of your spiritual leadership changes in your life, this is something you continue to do. Um, and it would it'd be very easy for you to kind of abandon this because you have lots of weighty responsibilities as husband, father, pastor, those, those things alone are, are humongous. So that's, that's a big reason why I wanted to uh, talk to you and just your proficiency in it. So Um, And it's been something I've been able to sort of experience firsthand. Um, But let's start. Just give me some um, musical background here for your life and kind of how music came into play for you. Yeah, how music came into play. I was about 11 years old when my brother-in-law, Jimmy, gave me my uh, first guitar. In fact, I remember when I opened the uh, studio, I had this big grand opening party and... uh, definitely shed a little single tear because I had him there and was thanking him for investing in my life. Um, and then uh, just kind of taught myself some guitar from 11 to 13-ish. Um, I got lessons one summer uh, from a guy in town. And then when I was about, I want to say 17, yeah, because it was the year right before I graduated, 17, my parents gave me a piano. Um and then just uh, pick that up. And so that's kind of my music background. Um, when I suddenly realized I wanted to produce music and write music, uh, well, I'd already been writing as like a teenager and experimenting a little bit, but right. when, I, when I discovered like, okay, I have got to do this, you know, a couple of days a week was in Bible college. Um, the music director of the school uh, wanted to do an album for all of the uh, Bible college. And so he had every single student in the music department uh, write a song. So there was about 200, if I remember, 220, somewhere in there, mm. uh, kids each writing a song. And he had just heard one of my songs at a rehearsal. And so he put me as like co-producer guy in charge. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. And, but he, his name was Tony Hooper and I'm like forever indebted to him because he really believed in me and it was so encouraging. So he, um, he had me sit down with every single student um, for a series of months and basically just find the gold nuggets and um, pick the best 12 songs and then finish writing them if they needed finished writing. 
and then when I saw all the parts come together in the studio, I mean, I was like, I'll, I'll, I still remember that feeling. I mean, it was like coming down the top of the highest roller coaster. You know, all these ideas that were in my head and written down on paper, I could actually hear with my ears, and it was just mind-blowing. And I'm like, I got to do this. And we should also say we have another special guest uh, joining us here, and this is uh, this is your youngest, right? This is... Uh... Uh, yeah, I'm on dad duty because the coronavirus. My wife right. is a is a nurse, so she cannot take off work. Right. Uh, so child care is falling on me today. So I've got a little little guy named Lucas with me today. Isn't it nice to know that you're not essential as a pastor? <laughs> isn't it just? Yeah, isn't that cool? <laughs> <laughs> We've kind of known it for years, haven't we? And that. Matt, you know, you always know how to like make me feel better about myself. I'm so affirming. Uh, now you you actually you actually won a national songwriting competition, didn't you? Yeah, I was in. Um, this is soon after graduation. I had submitted. I think I was about um, nineteen. I was in uh, Chicago, and I was right about to go to Bible College, and submitted to this. I can't remember what they called it. National songwriter competition, something simple like that. And I about fell over when I won. And that's that's really when I realized, I, I remember that moment because I was like, okay, Tony believes in me and this contest went well. Maybe I should do this. Maybe I should pursue this. Did you, and I assume, and I may be wrong in assuming, did you begin with writing worship songs and, and, and basically Christian material? Uh, no, you're right in assuming that. Uh, I remember, I, uh, I'm laughing because... Uh, when you say started, my brain instantly went to, I was about 14. And I remember actually the first song I wrote, it was called Break My Legs. <laughs> and you know it's, what's funny? Was it like you a mafia tribute? Is that no, what no, 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 no. Here's what's <laughs> funny. And the only reason I, it even comes to my mind is because with this extra time, because the stupid coronavirus, I actually was cleaning out a storage closet, right? And I come across this shoebox and it's all my songs as a kid. Wow. So I flip and through them and I get all the way to the bottom, all the way to the bottom and I see break my legs. <laughs> and here I'm, it's pencil, right? And I'm like, right. I'm like, holy crap, this had great theology. It was literally like, <laughs> it was basically, it was basically, basically the hymn that's like, you oh, know, it, the wonder, Lord, I feel it prone to leave the God of right. that, that concept. So okay. It's like, this. It's like break my legs. So I won't run away, break my legs, oh. you know, something, 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 basically, uh, my, you know, keep me close to your heart was part of the chorus. And it was, it was interesting. I was like, dang, break my legs a little creepy. Yeah. But <laughs> it could, theology in there. Yeah. It could lead to some interesting altar calls. Um, right. But, uh, I love it. That's that's great. I'm so glad you kept that. I love that stuff. That's that's because you do. I honestly you, could not believe that I found it. I yeah, was, I was born. And it gives you an appreciation, you know, for the arc of of where you've been in, as an artist. And oh, definitely. Yeah, you don't. I don't even think you look at those things with shame. You're like, oh my, you just there's there's almost kind of an admiration of oh man, that's you know totally yeah. <laughs> like I laugh about the things that are like okay, that's not a hook. That's just repeated repeated and annoying right if i see like the same things eight times right. but and then i look at some like i said and i'm like dang you know i was nine i was flipping through those papers and i was like that one wasn't bad i might i need to revisit that one you know <laughs> and like right. most songwriters you know half of them are half done you, you know there's like a chorus here there's a verse there yeah there's a one line of a bridge there on another sheet of paper it's it's just crazy 
Now, what um, what genres of music now? Because obviously you have definitely expanded uh, as far as the kind of music you write. What kind of what genres uh, do you create? And it, is there one that's in particular easier or harder for you? Definitely. So two genres are come very natural to me because the guitar parts and the vibe are kind of blend in. So that singer songwriter almost um, almost country pop right pop rock. So that kind of Keith Urban meets Matt Mayer. Okay. Uh, Tomlin has a lot of that sound. Just that comes very natural to me. So if I'm writing a song for Taxi or for a singer songwriter artist like Joshua Smith or um, Carly Clark, any of these these young guys on uh, the Seller Records, when it's singer songwriter, that th- those parts come extra easy because they're that's just I love that vibe. I stink and love that sound. Okay. Just a great telly and a great guitar, a great tube amp, and I, I just love that. That comes easiest. And what's harder? What because I know you've you've expanded into many different places uh, musically. Yeah. Um, jazz I've experimented with the last couple of years and, um, it's, it's weird because sometimes it comes natural if I just kind of stay in my lane and, you know, pick a few minor seventh chords and just improvise. But I, I've definitely noticed like, it's not like worship music or, or rock or indie rock where I'm keeping my first and second take, you know, a lot of times with these jazz songs, it's, it's my 12th take or my Mm. 20th or 25th take because some of those scales are just really funky and I don't play it often, but when I, I just love it though. So, um, it's been fun to experiment with that the last year or so. I love it. Just your willingness to do that. Um, is it just the challenge of it? it, it just saying, I haven't done this yet. Let's, let's... Uh, definitely. That's part of it. I think, I think the other part of it is I just have always loved that sound. I mean, and you can hear the influences, even an artist, um, you know, you listen to John Mayer, even though he's clearly, you know, this pop guy, you can hear the jazz and the, mm. uh, the blues rock vibe in so much influences and so much of his music. And um, yeah, there's just, I just love that that genre. So I started making some music. Uh, it was so different than my quote Jordan Beale worship music. So I just released it under a new name called Sound Diffusion, where it's like R and B beats with jazz parts. Right. And uh, it came it it came together neat, but it, I definitely want to keep uh, working at it because I know I can I know I can it can get better. Well, I know this podcast is very thankful that you have because uh, you're kind of the supplier of our theme and interlude music. So um, I'm already hearing from from listeners who are really enjoying the music. So uh, it's great. That way, if I totally stink, I've got the music there to save me. So <laughs> No, I stink and love this podcast. <laughs> um, let's get into the process for you in songwriting. Um, how does it typically begin for you? Is, does it begin with a hook or does it begin with something external? Somebody else says, Hey, I want a song about this. Uh, it is always, it always begins with a hook. Um, the only time it doesn't begin with a hook is when the songwriters coming to me and I'm to produce them. And I've noticed it's the one thing I contribute the most to other people's songs, which is funny because then it becomes their title. But so many, so many artists come to me and they really do have a great song, but nothing they're singing in the shower the next day. 
Okay. So that's the hook is, you know, those three to seven or eight words that um, are super catchy and repeated and, and kind of sum up the whole song. Like this, this is what this guy's feeling or this is what this girl's feeling, you know, in one line. So the hook is usually where it starts for me. Although there are times when I know I want to write a song about such and such and such. So like, I remember the song Love is Coming, um, which ended up being one of our top selling songs. I didn't, I didn't sit down because I had a hook. I sat down because as a worship leader, I was struggling finding a song that just told like the whole gospel mm. and like as much theology as I can in eight lines of music and an excitement for the fact that this Jesus that came to save us is coming back to take us to the heaven he made for us. Like I could not find a song that said all of that. So that was my goal in creating Love is Coming. I sat down with a message uh, in mind, but not a hook. So with the hook that that initially comes to mind, is it lyrical or musical? Um, give me percentage wise. Yeah, it's about 90% of the time it comes at all at once. Okay. And then, um, and then about, 10% of the time, it's just a, um, a, a melodic line, just musical. Okay. Um, so last night, Danielle and I were writing a song from Psalm 91, and I, I was really extra excited about that because she hadn't, you know, just with life of five kids and pastoring, like you said earlier, um, you know, we haven't got to sit down and just write a song in months as far as us two together. So I was really pumped. Um, that we got the kids to bed early and, and started writing this song. And uh, we were basically just using the scripture, of course, uh, that's why we called it Psalm 91. But um, then we wanted to say, like, you, you still got to sum up some things in a nice little, you know, catchy way. So it ended up being, you know, you are my God, in you I will trust. So that's how each line of the chorus ends, you know, in you I will trust. So that becomes kind of a subtitle. Okay. And yeah, Psalm 91 is becoming everyone's favorite psalm here uh, the last couple of weeks. I, I know. I think it's so cool because Danielle tells me this. She, We get the kids in bed. She's like, I started writing a song about Psalm 91. And I said, babe, I just read that scripture on Facebook Live at our service, online service on Sunday. And it's like, it just, I don't know why. It just seemed extra powerful. I, I don't know if it's just a word for like, Christians at large, the church at large right now that, you know, God can be trusted and we can, we can uh, believe him to keep us safe and, you know. Right. That he's our shelter. It's not, you know, it's not our, our financial means and it's not, you know, all the things that we love to lean on that are inappropriate. That's right. I don't know if I've ever met someone who loves to collaborate more than you do. Oh, I love to collaborate. It's my favorite. I mean, it's your life, dude. And uh, just in every, here's how I experienced that to the listeners here. Um, about, wow, I want to say 12, 13 years ago. Um, that's when I was really just getting to know you on a personal level. And I had come to your house and I had stayed the night. And I woke up the next morning. And I, I don't even think, I think even before breakfast was on the agenda, you, you were saying, Matt, Matt, Come in here. Come into my studio. Let's write a song. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, good, 
Good morning, Jordan. Yeah, yeah, dude. If I if I have a song idea, it's like everything else is is gone. Like, cancel <laughs> all plans. We're writing this right now. And you did. I think you had a germ of a song. Um, and then I think you. Well, obviously, you wanted my help lyrically, musically. I don't, you know. But uh, no, I remember, and it was a lot of fun. Oh, and you and you made me feel like I actually contributed. That was amazing. You I, did contribute. <laughs> He you was, did contribute, man. So Why do you sweet. think I asked you? You're a great writer. <laughs> it was a lot of fun, and you did. He and uh, you really make the process fun. It's how do you find that balance, Jordan, between because obviously it's serious business when you're creating. You know that's as ser- serious as it gets for us, but you do not take yourself incredibly seriously, and I'm I mean that as a great compliment, by the way. Right. No. And you know what? We all artists do on occasion. And, and I fall into that trap sometimes. Absolutely. Certainly. I'll, I'll take myself too seriously and start looking at sales numbers or who's buying, or who's not buying mm. the latest album or whatever. It's, it's the, it, it's the, um, you know, it's a trap we all fall into because we make stuff because we want people to enjoy it, you know, and uh, which, which is, it's good. And I think God made us to be creative. You know, he made us in his image. He's obviously creative. So I'm all for that. But the trap is that, uh, and this is for every artist, content creator, you know, in, in any in any field, is that I get my value or joy out of, um, you know, whether people validate my art or not. And that, and that can't be that. Right. I, have, I get my joy and my identity just from being loved by God. Because of that, I know I'm so loved by God. I know I'm so loved by Jesus that if, you know, somebody writes 80% of the song and I write 20% of the song, I, I don't care. I just want the song to be great. If, if people don't even remember that I was a co-writer in the room or that I started the song with the hook, I, I don't care. As long as the song moves people. You know, that's that's what I'm concerned with is let it, if people can identify with it and it makes an impact. And now, especially like Christian music, if it brings people closer to Jesus, that's what I'm all about. It's a crazy, wacky comedy of national importance. Two ex-presidents sharing an apartment and going to cooking school to see if they have what it takes. So let the hijinks and shenanigans ensue. Bill Clinton and George W. Bush star in Hail to the Chef. Hey, Bill, what have you done with my spices? I have had no contact with that woman. Mrs. Dash. (laughs) There's no way you'll veto these former heads of state. Hey, W, you know what my favorite fruit dessert is? (laughs) What? Impeachment pie? (laughs) (laughs) Get ready to issue an executive order. You must watch this show. Just finished my quiche. Mission accomplished. I may have to declare this kitchen a major disaster area. (laughs) The New York Times says it's laugh inwardly with no sound funny. Variety Magazine says this comedy deserves its own pardon. Uh, George, don't forget to put cinnamon in those scrambled eggs. Fool me once. Uh, Shame on uh, me or... (laughs) 
or you, or uh, something like that. Pass on the laughter and bon appetit. It's hail to the chef. <laughs> uh, just in case anyone's wondering, I did not kill myself. Now airing on C-SPAN Plus. that moment when we create something that it, it leaves the studio it leaves the space of our head and and now it's on display uh, for people so whether it's a song that you're debuting in church um, <laughs> kind of walk, walk me through that when whether it's you leading it or someone someone else leading it which would be more likely right now probably um, so what's going through your head when that song is being introduced to your congregation for the first time? Okay, so I this is funny you ask this because I, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I think you know, see, you can ask this question because when, as a content creator yourself, you know that feeling. Yeah. Are people, are people about to like this or not? Right, right. right. And uh, I, re, I remember plenty of times when I think, this is my best song I've ever written, right? <laughs> and I sing it and people are looking at me like I'm sitting up there just passing gas. I mean, they're looking <laughs> at me like I, like, I don't even know what you're singing about. I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm not connecting, you know? Mm. And then I've had other songs where I'm like, ah, oh, this song's okay, I'll give it a try. And everybody like tears and they're on their knees and they're coming up to me afterwards, they're like, God met me in a way I've never known before. <laughs> And I'm like, were you in the same room? That was G to C for like five minutes. Like there was no, <laughs> yeah. you know, so I don't know. I think that's just God's grace and God's way of sometimes, um, I don't know, humbling us and um, keeping it about him is because sometimes when I think I have like the most creative line in that verse two or that bridge or whatever, um, and then there's other times when I think the song is okay and everybody says, that's your hit, that's the, that's the song you know, and that's, that moved me and God met me in that song or whatever. So you just never know. Yeah. There are just so many, uh, stories like that, uh, especially in music, you'll, you'll hear an artist who just, it's almost a throwaway track on an album that ends up blowing up. And, yep. uh, it, I, there's just no accounting for that. <laughs> uh, you know, so for you on, on the ones that you feel like aren't received as well, do you just sort of file that under, well, maybe that was just for me or, yeah. okay. Yeah. I, I do one of two things with it. I, I realize, okay, that was just a me and Jesus song mm. and you know, or whatever, or I, there's sometimes when I see it's a hit and I give it to someone else who's going to make it even a better hit. Okay. So let mm. me give an example of that. So there's this song called you never let me go. And I remember I wrote it at one or two in the morning. I mean, it was like a, the darkest time of my life. Uh, my wife was going through something called postpartum depression mm. and uh, it was just awful. I mean, nobody was sleeping. It, she wasn't working. It was just bad. And I remember coming down the studio and I wrote this song called You Never Let Me Go. 
well, there is a power on it. We sang it at church. It went great. But when I met this artist named Julia, um, she just has this amazing, powerful kind of pop voice. And she was not much of a writer. She had ideas, but not, you know, not a musician and so forth. So it's, it's funny because, you know, how you talked about collaboration. There is a struggle, right? Like, do I give my song? Yeah. Do I give my song to her? Right. And I, I totally had that thought and I've had it many times. But here's what I think. If that artist is able to take this song a couple steps further than I could take it, then I need to let it go. And so I, I remember when this actually funny story, can, can I tell you a funny story? How like, this Always. Came about? yeah. All right. You're never going to, you're not going to believe this. I walk into church one day as a worship leader. Let's back up about two years before I wrote this song, maybe three years. Uh, I am about, um, Oh, I don't know, 30 years old, maybe 28. I don't know. And uh, I walk in the sound booth. This is right before I go to lead worship on a Sunday morning. Okay. <laughs> and my tech guy, he goes out. I mean, out of nowhere, Matt, service starts at 1030. This is like 1029. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> That's when the magic happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I want you to imagine, you know how all tech guys, right? Like, sure. Like they're, they're, Social skills are usually like a computer, you know, just fact, fact in, fact out. Sure. And he's like, um, so you're a really good songwriter, but you're really not a good singer. Um, <laughs> I just want you to know if you gave your songs to other people, that's, that's really the idea. <laughs> I wanted to punch him in the yeah. face. Someone did not read your book, Truth and Love. Yeah. So. <laughs> no, I was like, no, it was just truth. It was truth. It's all truth, truth no, no love. Yeah. All truth, no love. And But here's the thing. I was offended. My feelings were hurt. Sure. And then here's the thing, though. I thought about it for about a month. I'm like, what if he's right? Hmm. And I started giving my songs away to everybody. I suddenly found so much joy in watching other people succeed with my songs that, I mean, it puts a big fat smile on my face to talk about it. So that song in particular, Julia, so now fast forward a little bit. When I thought of that, I often go back to that moment in that sound booth with, with John. And he was right. Now, most tech guys, like, you know, could have said it differently, but that's okay. <laughs> the point is, he was right. And so that song, she has texted me a few times and said, Jordan, I just got another standing ovation with you when I sang You Never Let Me Go. And and here, I'm not even there. Like, wow. I'm on the couch with my kids, and she's texting me, going, God just moved in this powerful way when I sang your song. You've never let me go. And so now I'm so glad that I gave her that song. And really, any time I've given a song to, some, to one of my artists, I find such joy in seeing them succeed with that song. Like, I just, I'm happy in my lane. I'm a songwriter and a producer. And if I can help them succeed and them write a better song, I get so much joy in that. Well, I mean, I, you're a good singer, by the way. So, <laughs> well, um, <laughs> I, I appreciate you saying that, but I know the truth. And the truth, the tr here's the thing. You know, I took a John Maxwell uh, quiz one time. Okay. And uh, sent it to 20 people, did what he said. And he said, have them rate you, like one through five. And all, all of them put singing at the bottom and songwriting at the top. And I'm like, dang it, John was right. <laughs> 
Wow. Well, I think it's just because you're so good at so many things that it's it's hard to anything that's still like your last place is still going to be <laughs> most people's first or second. Uh, there's never time to create and you have to make time. Oh, totally. So how do you do that? Uh, barely right now. So when I when I became pastor, I told them, I said, hey, guys, I have been in the studio for two to three days a week. I was at church two days a week, uh, Monday and Tuesday, and obviously Sunday. And I would tend to spend Wednesday through Friday at home and, and depend on the week, obviously. That was happening for years. But when I um, became pastor, I told the board, I said, I'm only going to give you guys one condition. I have to have a day for just me making music. Because if I don't make music, it'd be like telling a dog not to bark. That's how I worded it. And I said, look, it's going to be really good for my soul. Um, and I think every pastor needs time just for himself. And they all agreed and they let me do that. And so honestly, every Friday, um, my wife gets home from the hospital about 1045. And I just have 1045 until about 5 p.m. Uh, and that's really it. Now, there are Saturdays where I'll have like a two-hour session or a four-hour session. Uh, my wife's been really gracious about that. But right now, the last two years, it's literally been either middle of the night with an idea or Friday between 11 and 5. And you just have to make it happen. It's nothing, right? There's, 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 no, there's no muse here, right? There's no, uh, no I mean, magical... You, you know, it's, it's very just roll your sleeves up and grind it out kind of stuff. Yeah. And the thing is like, there's still the occasional like idea in the middle of the night. Um, yeah. but I will say I, my, my writing has definitely slowed, slowed down the last two years just because of the season of life. Um, but, um, I'm trying to think how to say it. I, I'm more like efficient, <clears throat> efficient with it now. Mm-hmm. So now if I have an idea, like I can come down and track it and, you know, two hours later, it's like pretty darn close to done. Whereas, you know, 10 years ago, it would have taken two weeks, you know? Okay. And that just comes with experience. I'm sure it's just. Exactly. That's like know. any profession, the more you do it. You know? Right. Right. So you have so many, so many things available. Um, I know you do. You have your own home recording studio, and you call that the seller, correct? Right. And if uh, and you have a number of artists that you produce. Uh, where can people go to hear them? Sure, they can go to innovaterecords.com. Okay. And I've got a new artist named Andrew Slater. I'm especially excited about because he his album is out here in a few weeks. But um, innovaterecords.com, and then the seller records is a subdivision of the label. Um, it's just regular music, you know, songs about love or love lost or what, whatever. And um, those are a lot of fun, but I spend most of my time with Innovate Records. Okay. And you've also, you've also done some writing. We, you know, we haven't had a chance to talk about that at all, but I know you have uh, like a book you published and you've, you mentioned you have uh, an ebook that's available as well. Yeah. So, um, they, uh, I released this ebook here, uh, I don't know, maybe two years ago called The Hook. 
what preachers can learn from songwriters. And because it came, it came about like by accident, um, I have these two documents on my desktop, one called Song Start, one called Sermon Start. And I went to write a sermon and I accidentally clicked Song Start. And so I was like, huh, I'll just write this sermon like a song. So I came up with my hook, <laughs> my verse, created the problem and my chorus. I was like, this is my summary. I created another problem with the verse, came back to my chorus twice, bridge, chorus, hook, out. And suddenly I remember I was just an experiment. And that was the message that so many people came up and said, that was such a good message, like way more than usual. And I was like, wow, wouldn't you know it? I used a song structure for a sermon. And so that was fun. So I thought, you know what, maybe this, this is worth sharing. So I called the hook, a little ebook. Um, and then uh, the seventh theory is a book for people to learn how to play guitar or piano. Yeah, and that's, it's not just in a church setting, but it was written primarily for church musicians, correct? Correct. People who want to uh, play any song that they want to play without charts or, yeah, it just, uh, it, it, it empowers the team to be more um, spontaneous without needing a bunch of lead sheets on their music stands. And where can people find those materials at? Uh, TheSeventhTheory.com and also Amazon has a DVD series. And, uh, you know, you know how this podcast is all about, like, creating stuff, creating content? Mm -hmm. That has been hands down the thing I created that surprised me the most. Hands down. Okay. Because I, I thought, you know, I'll spend a month or two making this and hopefully it helps a couple people. And now there's uh, three or four universities using it. Wow. I love, I take, I take it to conferences and I just love it. Uh, it's so cool seeing people learn the number system. So folks, uh, a lot of, a lot of great material there that I hope you'll avail yourself to. Um, and you still have your jordanbeal.com website available as well. Um, yeah. there's like general stuff. Cause you, um, cause I know you're still available, um, sometimes with, with a, a band to travel and minister. So, uh, you, you definitely can't go wrong doing that. Um, Jordan Beal, thanks for your time. Thank you, Matt. I, uh, I, I just appreciate you so much as a friend and I think this podcast is amazing. Thanks bud. Yeah, man. And we appreciate you being a part of the Madcast. Our music is by Sound of Fusion. We hope to see you again soon. This has been a production of Monumental Ministries. For more info, go to mattministry.com. Hey, thanks for having me over. I had a wonderful time.